that's kind of how Show and Tell was born, around these videos, really organic, honest conversations with well-known women. And we've chosen well-known because you, even though you go, oh my gosh, that's Danny Minogue or that's Chrissy Swan or whoever it is, we all in some way have the same shit going on or we've experienced same things. And even though they're up on this pedestal, when they sit on my couch and chat to me, they're just women. Hey, I'm Dan Brophy. Welcome to The Naked Creative Show, a show where I like to talk to everyday creatives all about how they built their creative careers in really practical terms. I want to find out how they got their start, what their day looks like, what inspires them, and in the case of today's guest, how they turn a potential career setback into their next great evolution. On the show page at www.thenakedcreativeshow.com, you'll find links to past work from all of my guests and some additional inspiration points for further reading. My guest today is Katie Monty Diamond, who some of you may be familiar with through her work as a national radio host on either KISS or Nova FM. Right now, she hosts a 3pm pickup on KISS with Michelle Laurie, or you may have seen her on a number of TV shows like Tractor Monkeys, Talking About Your Generation, The Project, Today Show, The Circle. But the creative endeavor I was most looking forward to talking to Monty about was one that was entirely her creation. I'm talking about Show and Tell Online, which is a website, a podcast, and a YouTube series, which in a world of clickbait and trial by likes, it's been steadily building its viewership on content that is in line with its core values, as the home of conversations that connect women. This is a great episode to listen to if you yourself are looking to create something, a radio show, a podcast, a YouTube channel, a TV show. It's also a great reminder for all those who have felt heartbroken by a creative industry to use the experience as fuel to your fire, to turn it into something great. Please enjoy my chat with Katie Monty Diamond. Katie Monty Diamond. Yes. Is that, do you ever call me Monty? I've never called never. you Monty. Does everyone call you Monty? No, you know what it is. It's Monty is, because um, I knew you before I got into radio. For radio, Katie, and then, and Ryan, who's done your podcast, gave me the nickname Monty ages ago. So when I went on to radio, there was too many Kates, Katie's, so Monty became my name. But people pre-radio, I'm Katie, and from when I started radio, it's Monty. And the point at which you started getting Monty, I stopped getting disco. <gasps> yes, oh my gosh. Because now like Fitzy and basically anyone who met me between 2001 and 2007 or 8, I'm just disco. Right. Where, where did, is that because you worked on the doors? Because I was either... Oh, before, you were the doors Because I, I worked on the doors, but also before that I was at the disco, so... Just all the just, time dancing just, at the discos? Just at the disco. Because you know what, my, the first time I ever saw you was when you were working at Roy. Oh, yeah. And Abby, Davis, one of my best, one of our good mates, her and I would go and make special trips to walk past Roy because we're like, who the fuck's that hot guy in there? And we did it with this other guy who worked at Surf, Dive and Ski in the city, Harley. I still see I still see the guy from Surf, Dive and Ski, Harley, because now he lives in Sydney. Oh, Davey. And I still have a little bit of a heart flutter when Do I see you? him because yeah. he was that, that babe from Surf, Dive and Ski. Totally. With the... Three-line tattoo yes. on his arm. Yeah. The amount of time we wasted walking past curving on you and Harley, knowing we had not, not, you know, like thinking, oh my God, oh my God, and then realising we had Just bloody more chance to bonk John Stamos <laughs> than we did you <laughs> the, um, well, Look, let's get down to business because we haven't yep. got much time. No, we don't. 
When people ask you, what do you do? Mm. What do you tell them? Um, this is so interesting because I've just been overseas, took the family. We went to Bali because we're bogans and we love going there. And you know how it always says your occupation? Every single time I write something different. And that excites me because I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't have just one role that I need to write. I'm a this or I'm a this. So sometimes I'll write editor because I run my own website. Sometimes I'll write announcer. Um, other times I'll put writer. So when people ask what I do, I say I do a radio show, but I also run um, a website. But I do so much within the website, so many different roles, and then um, radio and an announcer. So describe to me how people would receive you on the radio at the moment. Um, so where they hear me. Yeah, if they were to hear you on the radio, where would it be? Um, well, I do at the moment, which is, I feel like it's the best gig I've ever landed. I do three to four on the Kiss Network, which is a national show, and it's called 3PM Pickup. So it's, it's really essentially for mums picking up the kids. Or they like to think of it as like, you know, you have a 3PM slump, this is your pickup. Um, so, but it's such a sweet gig because the hours are not the horror of breakfast radio, which just literally nearly killed me when I gave that a crack. And then I don't have the pressure of drive either. So it's mm. such a sweet gig. At the point at which you did try the breakfast thing, yeah. is that a holy grail of radio that you always just dream of when you first think of being in radio? Well, Sydney breakfast is the biggest shift you can do, really. Where I look at it and go... To me, drive is an incredible shift because you don't have to get up early. You can't, instead of delivering the news, you can just reflect on it. You can do fun stuff. People don't want to hear heavy stuff driving home. So I look at that and go, why is that not the sweetest gig? And it's always national. But really, in terms of where the big cash is and all radio stations rely on their breakfast shows to do well. They need to do well for the, for the businesses to make, uh, make money and stuff like that. So Sydney Breakfast is your biggest market. Um, but it wasn't always my goal. My goal was always to do drive with Ryan and Whipper. And I wrote that down pretty early on that I wanted to do drive with Ryan and Whipper. So that was when that ended up happening. That was like, holy shit, this is incredible. Um, and from there I got moved to Sydney uh, breakfast and I was only there for about, uh, I think I was there for about not long, six months. But when I got offered that job, job my gut was no. And I originally said, no, I don't want to do it. And then I'm like, who the fuck am I kidding? Like, this is... So you got moved from Drive with Ryan and Whipper in Melbourne? In Melbourne, where is my hometown, which I'm so Melbourne, it's ridiculous. Mm. Um, and so the thought of moving, to be honest, scared me, but also the time of the day and the team wasn't my mates. And you've got to be so vul make yourself so vulnerable. And so I initially was like, I can't, I, I don't want to do that, No. And then I was like, I've got to just take the opportunity. It's there. I'd be crazy not to grab it. But my gut was so strong, Dan. Like, it was so strong that I look back and go, I'm glad I did do it because financially it was incredible. And also, it, it, I grew so much from it. But I just look and go, oh, my God, I can trust my body so much. Yes. And that's that was really interesting. So even though you denied your impulse on yeah. that one, what was, what was the first big luxury purchase you made once you were what getting oh, great cash money yeah so the because i went i remember my very first gig in radio so i was in albury to start with and i did kind of my apprenticeship there and what age was that i was i think it was about 25 okay so at what point in your late teens early 20s were you thinking radio um i remember when i was maybe sorry i'm jumping all over the shop aren't i but when i was maybe I think I was about 10 or 11 and I remember we were away with some friends and we were saying, what do you want to be when you grow up? 
And I said, I want to be a radio jockey. They were disc jockeys, remember? Right. Yeah, and they were the coolest ever. Well, I thought so too, and they laughed. They're like, you know, as if, because you, what everyone would want to be is I want to be a school teacher, I want to be, you know, things that we could see and touch. And, and I, I remember going, oh, that's a silly dream then. I won't do that. Was but, there a bit of like, because you're a girl? Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't that. It was more that um, that's such a, like, that's ridiculous. No one gets to do that. Right. Um, and I didn't get to live my dream. So why? Like, who are you yeah, to have yeah. such lofty ambitions? Yeah. And it, it was just so I remember going, oh, okay, that's not realistic. I can't do that. And so that kind of left my mind. You know, when people laugh at you or make fun of you, it's I call it dream stealing, mm. where it's like, oh, they stole that dream. That doesn't happen anymore. Um, and then I started to. I just went for a job at the Black Thunders. You know, the promotional vehicles when I was about twenty-one. I did the same thing for Mixed and Gold. Yeah, I was what? On, on the road for Mixed Oh my God, gold. did you work with Stick Maribo? I did work with Stick oh Maribo. God. He was what an interesting character. Yes, see, he, mm. when I was younger, like, I was like, Stick Maribo man out yeah. there. And I was like, I want to do that job. That, we could have a podcast about the wonder that is Stick Maribo. Oh my God, totally. <laughs> oh my God. Coming soon, part two. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, so I got did the promotional vehicle still not really thinking I wanted to be in radio but then started on Sin you did a show on Sin you know, yeah totally you did was yours with, with Jess and Abby with Jess Hab- Harris and Abby yeah and there was a shark fact shark oh my god because I'm so obsessed with sharks it was yours it was yours, shark it was yours. yeah Great. and it was called You're Drunk and it was so obnoxious and we loved it so much and I got a taste for it there and because I was doing the um, promotional cars I could get in and I'd work behind the scenes on shows do the phones and I'm like this is what I want to do Great. So I just got in the studio, sent out demos and got picked up in Albury. And was that a case of, okay, I, I'm close enough now that I can see how this system works. Yes. I've had a taste of what it actually is like to do the thing yep. by doing it in a really small scale Which was the way. best way to learn because you've got to do it all yourself. And then no one's going to let me on the air in the big leagues yep. just yet. So I'm going to just throw out the net to see yeah. where I can do it. So when you did go to Aubrey, what type of slot were you doing? Well, I was doing breakfast there. Great. And it was a four and a half hour shift. So it was a long shift and it was with another guy and we didn't get along to start with. And then we ended up, he just ended up being the best thing. It just took a while to learn each other. And it was the best thing I could have done because it was so scary. I had to move away from my comfort zone, which was my family and Sam and I were in a relationship back then um, as well. So, but I went and I learned it all and then from there got picked up by Nova and started Saturday mornings with Ryan mm. Shelton, which moved to Drive, which moved to uh, Sydney Brecky. And what was it about that, in that early period with Ryan that allowed you to, or did it allow you to establish your synergy as co-presenters so that when you did a bigger slot afterwards, yep. there was something that you were bringing to the table that was already formed? Yeah, it was, they liked Ryan and I together. We just did Saturday mornings are really, but that's when we were talking about the money. When I, when I got the first gig from Nova, my, and um, I got management and she called and said, okay, this is, you know, you've been offered this. And I was like, oh my God. And then she told me the, the, um, how much I would get paid. And then I hung up and I had to call her back and say, can you just repeat that amount? Because for me, and it wasn't a huge amount of money, but for me coming from Albury, which I was on maybe 40000 a year, to then to come over and be doing a national show, I was like, oh my God, I just couldn't believe it. Wow. But the highs are so high, but the lows are low. You know, you could make bucket loads of money and then go to nothing next year. Right. And why is it so high? I, I do not know. Is it like the reason why Hollywood's high? Because 
your lifespan isn't necessarily yeah. the longest? Yeah, I think of kind of our careers like almost footy players. You're lucky if you get, you know, a consistent run. So it's so funny, those that have been doing it for 20 years, and you're like, are you just richer than God? Oh, mate, they would be pretty close to it. But it's also, you think about it, you know, if you, the good radio shows are the people that really put themselves on the line, and you're inviting people to love or hate you, you yeah. share about. It's so much, you give so much of yourself, it's not a job, it's a lifestyle, really. Mm. And so, um, you know, if you... It's, it's kind of that, and there's not many rock positions either. There's not, you know, a huge amount of people that can really do it. So I guess you go, okay, well, the, you, I'm, I can't even think of how to word it. But, you know, there's not, because there, you do have to put yourself on the line and there's not a huge amount of people that um, do the do it. to do it. And, yes, that, mm, that you, you get paid accordingly. Yeah. What is show and tell? Online? So show and tell um, is... Uh, we call it the home of conversations that connect women. But you've got a penis, but you're totally welcome, okay? So don't... I, I feel welcome when well, I experience You're so welcome. <laughs> when we kind of, you know, we kind of got our elevator pitch of going, you know, in one sentence, what are we? And, and we are the home of conversation that connect women, but we're so much more than that. And originally we wanted to do... Um, I, I started it with a friend of mine, and I had lost my job in Sydney, and I was very vulnerable and I didn't know my identity out of radio. I'm like, what the fuck am I without this? Are we allowed to swear? Yeah. Without this, um, without this title. I was my title. When um, was that? That was f- about five years ago. Okay. And I fell pregnant with my son, Baxter, who's now four and a half. And I got really sick. And I was treated really badly, to be honest. I was told, because uh, I had to have a little bit of time off, I was told, look, you're not to run any of the breaks when you come back you just to support the boys and then I was told that I no longer have a position in that in on that show and it was actually discrimination at its I'd never experienced anything like that and that's when I was like you know what I don't want to work for for there was a room full of men talking to me when I was coming back and I thought I don't want this I don't want to I want to really control my destiny and just uh you know put everything that I love in a space and I went to my friend Brooke, who was working on The Circle that had just got cancelled. And I would occasionally co-host that show. And I said to her, the beauty of that show is almost when the ads are, the ads are playing and the women are just having really natural conversations. I was like, let's replicate that. And that's kind of how Show and Tell was born, around these videos, really organic, honest conversations with well-known women. And we've chosen well-known because... You, even though you go, oh my gosh, that's Danny Minogue or that's Chrissy Swan or whoever it is, we all in some way have the same shit going on or we've experienced same things. And even though they're up on this pedestal, when they sit on my couch and chat to me, they're just women. And that's what I loved was going, okay, I hope people can go, fuck, I can do what they can do. They've been through the same shit as I have. or, um, And that's kind of why we did it, wanting to learn about these women's lives and let people see it and then put other things on the website that we love so we've got kids we talk about our kids we're in relationships we talk about that i fucking love the bachelorette i'll talk about that and there's no one that can say you can't put that on there and i'm like well well, it's our site we'll do what we want you know and when you were entering that space i mean the thing that i love i came i actually i came to pay attention to it first because of Danny Minogue. Oh, yes. I just love her. Yes. I've always, we're both called Danny. Yeah. I'll see you so connected. Sometimes, well, I don't know, sometimes in life, you're like, I'm not, I'll never be Kylie in, in life. 
but I, I could be Danny. Yeah, right. And I always related to Danny way back at Young Talent Time yeah. era. Cause, Mate, I loved her so much. Because I, I've got cousins who were the Kylie. Right. But I was the Danny because I had the guts and the, you yes. know, and yes. I was a bit more, you know, real and I was a bit more, you know, bolshy. Right. And so you always felt you always were Danny Always related to Danny and we were both Dannys. Yeah. Right. And so, <laughs> so I zeroed in on that and I instantly was struck by the show and tell world, how complete it was. I just love that everything felt beautifully designed and part of the same, I don't know, it was just, it was the first time I saw something in that space that was podcast, YouTube, website, beautifully like designed and created. It just felt whole oh, and oh, it felt really, lo- really well put together. We, when you were thinking about how that would all come together, how yes. do you do that? How do you think, I need a, I'm going to get a logo, I'm going to get a website. I'm gonna yeah. Because, mate, I had no idea. I barely knew how to turn on the, a laptop. And so everything that we've done, we've learnt. But we've worked our contacts like nothing else. So one of my good mates, Claire, is a graphic designer. And I said to her, look, we've, my business partner, Brooke's husband's like, what about show and tell? We're like, that's great, we'll do that. Oh, you, there's in the name? Yes. Great. Um, and then Claire, I said, Claire, can you please do me a, do us a logo? And she did about 10. And I'm like, that looks great. We picked it like that. Like, And the thing is that with this we would sometimes try and go oh they would have done it like this they would have done it like that and then so we'd take bits of pieces from other people but then we would go but do we want to do it like that and then we'd say no we'll just do it however we want and then uh, it becomes liberating because there's no one to go you can't actually do that or should that be on there or and also also when you're deferring to a boardroom all the time everyone's got their two cents and things get so diluted because it's like Designed by democracy doesn't work. No. And so having someone just going, you know, is that me? Is that us? Yeah. Yes. It is. Yeah. And because we're a small team, there's three of us that run it. We've got two girls that work with us as well. But we put it through that gut test a lot of time. Like we have filters. We've started to get really clear on our brand values and content filters and stuff. But we um, will do, you know, if I'll be like, that feels a bit icky. And because there's three of us that run it, I'll go, does this feel icky to anyone else? And if one of us is like, yep, we're like, get it down. That's not, that's not right. Or it won't in, go up. Or... In terms of uh, an article you might put about a certain yeah, subject matter? Yeah. And we got really lost for a little while chasing the clicks, you know, going, oh my God, we've got so many people coming. But we were starting to do content that wasn't uh, um, us. We were starting to do really news and gossipy stuff. And I can't have these women sit on my couch and be really honest and talk about miscarriage and you know affairs and this and that and then have another Australian woman on our site that's been papped in a bikini like it just doesn't work it's bullshit and so we have taken a big hit in clicks but we're so our content's so strong and everything goes through the filter of if you're going to come are you going to get something that makes you feel good are you going to connect in some way you're going to feel not alone and that's I'm proud of it even though our numbers are not huge that um, we can make a little business that I think will really grow over time because it's authentic and, and real. And isn't that, the, isn't that the key value of the time where, you know, I was, I'm constantly interested that in, in all these different people that I know, I mean, I've just come off working on top models, so I'm dealing with like 16 year olds on there yes. who I live and die for. They were so enjoyable. And then oh. all the way through to like, you know, just great love talking to my mum my mum's friends about what they're yes. incredibly turned on by and what they're working towards and help chatting to them about how they could start an Instagram account and, yeah you know, unreal and yeah. authenticity representing yourself authentically and also find, seeking out other people who you believe have real 
ness to them yes seems to be something that is the new luxury to me oh yeah yeah and i hope it, like because we were talking before the mics went on just about all the bullshit that's going on and how scary everything is and and i just go i don't i don't want to be in that space and i do actively switch off and i this is politically politically yeah, yeah. um and i switch off and i don't like i i I find that I'm quite naive, but I'm really happy because I live in a really nice world and I do what I can when I can, but I don't, I don't want to, I do, I want to like, like yourself, it's like, let's just fucking be creative, let's have fun, let's just live this life and do the best we can because, fuck man, it's a hard ride, like even when you're just cruising along, like on paper my life is perfect, but it's, I find life really hard at the same time, you know? Also, I mean, I like to think that when it does get too easy, you also invite another level of challenge into your life so that it's to raise the bar because, yeah. you know, stagnant water turns to algae, you know, totally. you've got to actually yeah. keep things flowing and moving and, you know, keep yes. rolling through things in order to feel like life is doing its job. Yeah. So and sometimes if things are a little bit scary. You'll be like, we need to add another wing on the house. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah, totally. You'll do something to mix things up, which I think yeah. is human nature, but all the better. Like, why not? Yes. I, yeah. I totally agree with the notion of observing what's going on politically, which makes me feel super overwhelmed. And all I think of, because like the more attention I pay to it, the more I realize I can't do anything. So therefore yeah. I'm just, that makes me want to radicalize locally. And yes. how I radicalize is via creativity via you know shaking people up it's via getting people yeah. you know improving their immediate space yeah and therefore brexit can do what it wants yeah and Donald just Trump little ripples go down you know i think i got oh, little ripples little ripples of um you know just you just do that is perfect because then it sets somebody off and i don't know I saw a, a beautiful post on Facebook that I reposted and shared, which is a 1988 Lee Bowery um, documentary. You know, he's that performance artist from Australia who right. moved to London, from, and he was very much part of the Boy George, very, like, totally trans, but in a way that was larger-than-life explosion of colour, right. costuming wherever he went. I'll send it to you. It's yeah, actually, I it's don't a, know who he is, but like I said, I don't know who of, anyone is. <laughs> it's three minutes of heaven, you know, okay. for, for the Facebook feed. And I was like, this is my favourite form of protest. Right. This just being, just doing this, yes. costuming, outrageous ideas, shake, going to tea in the high London tea room, yes. you, know, you know, in like a sequin balaclava and a flowing dress, floral dress is my idea of like, you know, know, flipping people's minds in just the tiniest ways. Oh my God, more, more people need to think like you. Like, do you ever get sad and down? Like, I just look at you and go, oh my God, you were just quite level-headed in there. I, I do, but I, 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 sorry, I do, but I love it in that I do, but I give love and acceptance to that space. Yes. And I make a celebration of it. And I listen to, like, really beautifully sad music. And I have a space where I just tell my boyfriend don't speak to me today because I'm just going into that world and I'm sure I'm going to get some great ideas out of it. And Shit. You know, I just get really like methodical with it because I, and I, if I'm feeling really bad, I reassure myself that all my favorite artists probably felt that way too. And that's what made them create yeah, their greatest right. stuff. Yeah. So, and I try and see what's on the other side of it. Yeah. Usually it's something worthwhile. That's very enlightened because I'll go, I feel shit. Where the fuck are my antidepressants? Get me those things <laughs> right now. Just chow down on a few of those. Each to their own, eh? Handle it how you want. Bottle of red and some regret, <laughs> I think. Um, well, I, I mean, when you were, throughout your career, I feel like there have been a couple of really great chapters that have defined in terms of your output. But have you had any big mentors or 
even heroes or icons that have that you've anchored yourself to through those those like okay, I want to start a brand of my own. Who do I love who's doing yeah. that? Like who spoke to you in those ways, either literally via conversation or figuratively in terms of how you've yeah. been inspired? I honestly have reached out to so many people and that's what I you know, you go, Oh, I don't wanna ask for help, I don't wanna be a nuisance, but everyone's always happy to help and people love to give you their advice and um and I did a lot in radio, Kate Langbooky, I just adore her and she's a mate but she's and she would hate me saying this but she's in a way a mentor as well um and in terms of 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 the site um i guess like mia free mia friedman did help us out a lot and i do really respect mia her site is very different than ours but because she started really small and grew it i really think wow that's really great how she's done that I also I don't I when I think of mentors I don't I don't have one specific person I go to I draw from a lot of different people. Um, do Do you have any um, dialogue? Is dialogue about what you're working on just a part of life with Sam? Yes, I was going to say the main person I throw ideas off, and the main person that I go if he thinks this is a good idea, I know it's a good idea because I respect his opinion so much. Is my partner Sam, who to me is a creative genius and just one of the best people you'll ever meet. He is a dude. He could be, you can, you could, you should be able to study Sam Kavanagh at Melbourne Uni, I reckon. Oh my God, that's so like, beautiful. I, feel I like agree though. Observing yeah. him since, because I mean, I've known him as long as I've known you, so maybe like since 2004 or something. Right, yeah. And I always just go, he's just like the perfect example of someone who is going through a process very methodically. You look at the results and they look like magic, but when you pay yeah. close attention to actually, how he works. There's a beautiful process. Yeah, that yeah. Of, that's not always necessarily like you know. Not, he's he's got the Midas touch, but he's not all smooth sailing. Like he's no, totally know. not. He works really hard, and um, and it, but there's there's not much ego attached. And yeah. when he his ego's there, he'll go. You know, he can acknowledge it that so he'll want to be right because it's his ego. Or just to give some context, what what what? How would you describe what Sam does? He's a producer. So at the moment, he's working on the Hamish and Andy show. He's always been their EP. Um, and then he's worked at um, Southern Cross or Stereo, so like your Foxes and stuff for a long time. And he'll go in and set up shows. And But he also works with startup companies. Um, you know, there's a, a quite a few different... He's got his hands in quite a few different um, pies with, with startups, which is really gets his... You know, he loves that because he can see something grow from the ground up. Um and yeah so he's kind of he's he's an executive producer but he's he does more than that as well mm. yeah he's so so deeply yeah he's, he's ace and because the thing is i respect his opinion so much i always go or if i do something like it i'm not, i don't do a lot of television so i still get you know i feel really vulnerable when i do that so after i've done something I want it, I, I need a text from him to say you did really good because he'll never bullshit me. Great. You know, he'll be like, that wasn't your best or okay. that's really, that was really good, that was really funny and I kind of wait for him to ha- help me pick it apart. Give you the post-mortem on exactly yes. what it was. Yes, yeah. So um, that's an, I haven't even touched on that, but when you have done TV, in what capacity has it been? So I've done, I used to co-host The Circle a little bit. I occasionally do Have You Been Paying Attention, that show that's on. And I was a, a, a my first kind of real crack was on an ABC show called Tractor Monkeys, which was a couple of seasons where I was the team captain. So I guess it was kind of a setup like your Spicks and Specs, but it was old um, ABC footage and you had to buzz in and guess. 
and I couldn't fucking believe when they gave it to me. Like, they took such a gamble on me because I was so green. I still am so green in TV. So, but that was awesome. Do you I think loved just it. the other things that you've invested your energy in over time have prepared you for that? I think so. And, but, I, Dan, I don't like doing anything by myself. Like, I would never be able to stand up and do anything really confidently by myself. If I've got people I can bounce off or I've got even people standing next to me, I feel so much more confident. Like, I look at stand-up comedians and go, oh, my God, no way. Like, Nat Harris, who you have, um, who's a mate of ours, who's been on this podcast too, I went and saw her show, and I just find her so courageous. That could be your find, your next frontier, or a frontier in Mate, the future. I don't have it in me, though. To, you know when it's like, okay, what are you scared of? Go and do it. But I'm like, that to me is like, oh, no, I just, I just don't even want to go there. No way. I don't know. I feel like... Plant a seed in when you really feel like life is just too still, like yeah, we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, 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 That's the rock you can throw Oh, my God, that's a boulder, mate. Like, that's no... It makes me scared even thinking about it. So, you're right, maybe one day. Well, actually, we're talking to M. Paulo, who's also been on this yeah. podcast, about trying to be too many things at the same time as a startup. And I think that as an individual, it can be really similar, where if you set out and you said, in your instance, I want to have a business that is brand that communicates with women via these channels and I want to be a radio presenter and I'd like to be a TV presenter and I want to do you know all these things simultaneously it's actually virtually impossible to yeah. launch them simultaneously and have them all happening concurrently totally you almost need to enter a space and your own offering with a, with a really specific direction initially yep. it's like when you're a soap star and all of a sudden you're huge and they're like, when are we doing a single? Let's do an album. Yeah. Actually, don't do a perfume. Yeah. Let's do a chocolate bar. Yes. And so, yeah. you know, eventually, once you're already in the space and you've got an offering that's really strong in one way, people just want to know what else you got. Yeah. And therefore, you yeah. can diversify. Yes. But if you tried to do everything at the same time, it would never work. No, no chance. But radio was my mate and still is like such a huge, I love it so much. But TV naturally lends its hand to that. And then also the website came years later. There's no way. Sometimes, you know, there's... And because I've got kids too, I, sometimes you go, oh, fuck, there's just too much on. But no way. No matter what field you're in, you know, going, I'm going to do this, 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 this. And same with it, like you were talking about with them. Same within our business. Sometimes we'll go, we'll do all this, this, and then we'll go, okay, let's just pick two things. And sometimes you have to do that with just how you live your life too, you know. Well, we haven't got... A huge amount. Of time. I'm keeping my eye on the time, just so. Oh, you know. good! You good! You good boy. And but for someone who, well, if if I were to check in with you in a year's time, yeah, what's a project that you are really looking forward to advancing with that seems really far out at the moment, but you would just love to say, "Damn, that thing that I was talking about, I've cracked it." Oh my god, I would love that. That's exciting because with show and tell, we would love to get our videos on. A TV show, mm. um, so that's kind of where we're looking at. You would like show and tell to be a TV show, yeah. So mm. I'd love the interviews that we do with these women to also live on TV. And though, even though people consume more stuff online than they do TV, I guess you know TV's TV. It's romantic, yes. And that, so that is right now we're kind of trying to pitch that in, and that's a new ball game to us. And we're like, oh my god, are we going to get laughed at? And we haven't been laughed at yet, but. Um, and everyone's like, oh my God, it's so hard. And we're like, everything's so fucking hard. If you just listen to that, you won't ever do anything. So and just you know do what, it. what's great is that it's the Wild West at the moment in the media landscape in that people who held all the cards no longer do. They're looking to online for the answers. Yes. Online looking to social for the answers. Everyone's really uncertain. So if you were ever to enter a space not 
knowing exactly what you're doing, yeah. now's kind of a great time. Yeah, yeah, because we definitely have no idea. And I've never had any idea out of anything I've done. I was so shit at school and I was... Um, like Abby and I went to school together and she would never study and I'd study my ass off when we'd get the same scores, which was still really average, mind you. But so I'm like, I've just learnt along, learnt things along the way. So TV, I have no idea about, but we're like, let's give it a crack. And I'd love to get show and tell as a radio show on a station as well. I just really want to build the show and tell brand because I love it so much. And I think the more people that find us, they'll love us too. It's just getting it out in front of people is really challenging. And you, you, touched on it before with the, the long game versus the short game the, the, yeah. the, the, the long game is not going for clickbait and looking no. for more sustainable build that that's yes. grows slowly over time but with people who are actively engaged in a yes. much truer way yes yeah the people who legitimately love it and come back and mm. um, yeah so in a year if I have a TV show or a radio show up like oh let's have a celebration I, I mean it's I feel like you're a safe bet for someone who would know what to do even if they've never done that exact thing before because of the radio experience and you know you have a TV profile and you know if someone was looking for who to put their chips on I feel like you would be a safe That's bet. really nice <laughs> if only it worked like that let's bloody see eh mm. and nice. so and what about for someone who was really turned on by the by what you're doing and really loved the idea of working in their own space having their own brand in a similar way but felt very removed from that yeah. Would you make any recommendations of how to get the ball rolling in terms of working out how to enter that space? Yeah, yeah. Because I think, you know what is the main thing of people not chasing their dreams is in is finance. Like, and that's the reality of it because we've got to pay the bills and and it's hard. Money can is so stressful. So I, was, I had a really great chat with another woman who um, launched a website and I still couldn't be doing show and tell if I didn't have... Um, radio or Sam either who help is obviously um, you know we, we run the family together but I go it's get whatever just really turns you on and I love that because I sometimes say I get a boner over what I do like I fucking love it but I, and I feel so lucky to do it but I you've got to I go and a friend who was not enjoying what she was doing I'm like just stay there and take the pay packet and work on your passion project like it's your job outside of your work hours and I think that's really the realistic way of going about doing things. I also love knowing that no one has any fucking idea what they're doing. Everyone just does the best they can, makes it up as they go, and why not? I look at people when I was trying to get into it thinking, there's no way I can do that. I was like, yeah, but they were like me one day. They didn't know what they were doing. Do you know who sometimes doesn't know what she's doing? Who? Madonna. Oh my God, totally. I actually was so reassured to see that it's a crap shoot, even when you are the top of the game. So you, what do you mean you watched her do I, it? I, I, what, I, what I witnessed as a fan was total perfection. Yes. What I heard of when I chatted with Capono, both, both on the podcast and, you know, in, in real life, life yeah. was how much of it is experimentation. And admittedly, you know, it's also an example of, I mean, the, the, in some ways it was like, there's no amount of money that will be spared. Let's just find a way to defy yes. physics, which yes. is one thing. Yeah. But also, when it comes to trend forecasting and working out how to dress everything up so that it's in a package that people will want to consume that's tween relevant and doesn't disappoint your fans from the 80s, yes. that's a crapshoot. And yeah. that's a total gamble every time you try and put a package together that's going to have tick all these different boxes. Yeah. And so in terms of what was interesting that I observed was that there are people who are 
brought in to work on projects so that they can offer ideas in a certain way, but then they don't know if it's going to work. They no. just have to sort of put it all together no. and see if, if it floats. Totally. And you go, oh my God, if Madonna doesn't, there's no, there's just no, there's no, no matter, and her stakes are so much higher than, you know, if, most other people. It's, it's, but if she can't, there's no guarantee that her shit's going to work. Like it might not work for anyone, but who cares, you know? And also we live in, reassuringly, we live in an age where polish isn't everything, you know? No. Guts counts for a lot more these days. Oh my God, so much more. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just think it's exciting. I think sometimes, I feel sad sometimes when people are like, I've got this idea because it's just coming down to a bit of letting your ego go, not control you and go, but what if it doesn't work? Who gives a fuck if it doesn't work? Um, you know, if you break it down and go, why am I not doing this? It's usually... Um, not for anything but just yourself stopping yourself. And do you know what? Watch less Game of Thrones. Yeah. You know? Do you know what? I Watch. think I'm the only person who's not into I've it. I've never seen it. So it's easy, oh, it's, 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 it's easy for me to say. I'm, I'm, yes, I'm air yes, high five you right now. Yeah. Um, I just think, you know, and this is just my personal opinion, if you looked at the amount of like, sh- like, the amount of energy you invested in other people's dreams watching crap yes. TV. Yeah. Or great TV. Still, it's just still, it's still, it's still like 50 hours that you could have dedicated to a project. Yeah. Or, sit, or for me, just sitting through Instagram, refreshing, and I get angry when people don't post quick enough for me. <laughs> Sometimes I think, oh my God, the stuff I could have got done instead of procrastinating like that, yeah. which we all do too, you yeah. know. But, but yeah. give yourself windows of procrastination that is decided upon. I'm going to spend yeah. half an hour indulging in that and then let that be the specific choice yeah. to do that yeah. as opposed to just blindly swiping. Yes, yeah, <laughs> totally. Or I sometimes will go, right, these are my, I, when everyone, everyone's life's busy, I will actively go on a piece of paper, I've got to write out my day and go, this is Perfect. when I do this, 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 and sometimes even down to the half hour. Yeah, I block in half. I, I actually look at the clock and I'm like, it's 20 to 3, I'm going to go on Instagram till 3. Yeah, and right, that's I, very, that is really good. Cause I was, and, I, and I, 20 minutes is actually a long time to be, wasting like yeah. traditionally but at the same time I'm like well if I indulge in that I'm going to be okay with focusing on the other shit from totally. 3 to 5 because I've yes. given myself the, 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 the yeah. isn't little... it funny because I go oh I can never find time in the day oh, meditating so hard I can never find 20 minutes but I can easily spend an hour just on Instagram yeah. and that forty. <laughs> docile oh my god swiping. it's kind of a form of meditation right <laughs> no it's not <laughs> I Sorry. wish it was <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh my god, I love this. I love that we could fit it in. I know. So good. Lightning can strike twice. Oh my god, I love it. Um, thank you. Thanks, mate. Monty turned lemons into lemonade. She subverted the defeat of being ousted from her place in radio by creating a space online that celebrated women. She cast the net wide, she sought help and guidance and support from her friends and her networks, and she pulled all of her resources and everything she had available to her to create something on her own terms. I would 100% agree with her suggestion that the best way to bridge the gap from a career that you don't want to be in into something that you're really passionate about is to use the income that you have from your money job as a way to support a passion career and even though you'll have two entire careers potentially running in tandem, the aim of the game is that one day they'll become one and ultimately the thing you love to do will be the thing that you can get money from. 
I really enjoyed my chat with Monty and I think one of the things I love most about talking to her was my realization that in order to achieve a new creative endeavor, you don't have to know how to do every part of it yourself. You just need to know how to get the ball rolling, how to ask questions, where to begin to look, and how to use your networks to fill in the blanks. Katie also made me realize the importance of having someone around you to bounce ideas off, someone whose opinions you trust, which is really necessary if you are an extrovert. And by that I don't mean someone who's loud, I mean someone who works out how they feel about things via talking about them. And if it all feels really overwhelming, don't forget, necessity is the mother of invention. And as Katie likes to remind herself, no one has a fucking clue what they're doing in the first place. That's all we have time for this week. Everything you can need to know about the behind the scenes of this podcast, previous episodes, and lots more inspiration points can be found at www.thenakedcreativeshow.com. I'm Dan Brophy. See you next time on The Naked Creative Show.